I was talking to one of my um, friends who he's a vaulter based out of Missouri. And um, he's like, so you're going to stop after 2020? I was like, I mean, I want to be able to, you know, throw a ball to my kids one day or whatever. And he's like, wow, that got really serious. I was like, yeah, it kind of is now, you know. We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becchio, well placed. On March 24th, the International Olympic Committee announced that this year's games in Tokyo would be postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic. No doubt it was the right decision for all the health and safety reasons. And it is also a decision with pretty intense psychological and emotional consequences for the tens of thousands of athletes hoping to get their shot to compete on the world's biggest stage. One year can change everything. It simultaneously narrows and expands the field of Olympic hopefuls. Athletes who were injured or coming back from pregnancy or who just aren't quite there get extra time to get their performances to where they want them. On the other side of that coin, adding a year of the kind of training it requires to qualify for the Games opens up new room for athletes to get injured, to be set back. Some will know it, most won't, but a year can define the trajectory of an Olympic hopeful's career. For Chase Brannon, a 29-year-old pole vaulter looking to qualify for his first Olympics, that extra year that came with Olympic postponement meant it was time to hang up his spikes. The seeds of that Olympic dream for Chase were first planted eight years ago. So I guess when uh, the turning point for me was uh, I was a true walk-on to Tennessee um, and, uh, you know, was in a good system with some good training partners. So three years later, I was a first-team All-American. 2012 was when I kind of had my breakthrough year in college and, and I would just missed the Olympic trials that year, but I was super hungry to make it the next time and the next time after that. Ever since that point, that, that's when the Olympic dream was really created. After missing out on the 2012 trials, he had more of a sense of what it was going to take to turn dream to reality. Pole vaulting became his main priority upon leaving college. A job at Eddie's Health Shop in Knoxville was the perfect situation for an Olympic track hopeful. My boss is uh, Eddie Raymond. He um, he was actually a track runner himself. Uh, never went past like high school or anything, but a big fan of the sport. And... Um, He's employed a lot of like people like me that, you know, track's not really a lucrative sport. So in order to like supplement your uh, your income, he uh, he's very flexible with the schedule. So I would typically train in the morning around 10 or 11 and then get done around one or two and go to work at three until eight. Um, so that schedule worked well for for what I was doing. And it wasn't long before the trials for Rio were on the horizon. So 2016, I was uh, two years out of college and um, with a new coach. Uh, Tim Mack was my new coach. He uh, he won gold in 2004 in the pole vault, also went to UT. Um, and so I improved a lot. Uh, I had made 18-3 in, in June, early, I believe. And um, the cutoff was like late June. 
And so I was in the trials because the target field was around 24 guys. And uh, I was in for a while, but then some more people started jumping a little higher. Similar to four years prior, a last chance meet was set up. Chase ended up just missing the mark. I think they ended up taking uh, it was 25 or something or 24. And I was, I was the next guy out basically by uh, four centimeters. One spot away from qualifying for trials. It took a while to kind of, um, I, that one, that one stung pretty good. Cause you know, um, it was, I had jumped high enough to make it any other year except for 2016 at the time. So I felt like I had done what I needed to, to make it, but, um, yeah, definitely stung. Um, but once that was over, then I, uh, you know, kind of use it as fuel for sure. Chase is still in his running peak and had experience now to boot. But whoever said third time's the charm didn't consider all the what ifs. And so how were you feeling going into into this year? Um, well, actually, um, I had a shoulder injury in 2018. I, I tore my labrum and rotator cuff. Um and so kind of rehab that back, but made a decision there that 2020 was going to be my last kind of push because, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I was talking to one of my um, friends who he's a vaulter based out of Missouri. And um, he's like, so you're going to stop after 2020? I was like, I mean, I want to be able to, you know, throw a ball to my kids one day or whatever. And he's like, wow, that got really serious. I was like, yeah, it kind of is now, <laughs> you know. Training at this elite of a level puts your body through the ringer. And it needs to be that way. That's what champions commit to doing. But it doesn't come without consequences. Consequences which can potentially damage your long-term physical health and quality of life in the one body you get. So I, um, I guess uh, coming into this year, like I was ready to give it a mile and was... Uh, making some good changes in my technique and stuff, and uh, felt like I was in really good shape. Chase decided that he would empty his tank for the chance to make the 2020 trials, but after that, it would be time to walk away. Things looked good to start off the year. He felt strong. But then, the world found itself in the middle of a pandemic. Athletic events, entire seasons are getting canceled, For those training for the Olympics, it posed major challenges. It impacted everyone, coaches, athletes, teams. It has to be said that the kind of impact from sport to sport varied a bit. I'm not going to pretend like I know a whole lot about pole vaulting, but it seems that the training environment, the equipment required, isn't widely accessible or easily recreated at all. It's unusual for a track and field sport in that way. Sure, even in times of social distancing, you can keep getting stronger, working on your fast twitch muscles, running. Doesn't take much space or equipment for that. But a do-it-yourself pole vaulting ground, complete with standardized specialized equipment? Yeah, good luck with that. When the meat started kind of going away for outdoors due to the, the virus and stuff, um, kind of changed my whole perspective on everything. And I was like, you know, I'm putting in all this work and there aren't any meets available. I can't even train if I want to because my gym's closed and the high schools I train at are closed. As the days wore on like this, with new measures and decisions being made that have turned all our lives upside down, 
It soon seemed a question of not if the Olympics would be affected, but how. And then that official announcement was made. The Olympics would be postponed for the first time ever. You know, I've always loved pole vaulting and always will, but when... You know, I had it when you have like an end date in sight, I guess um, you kind of look forward to, you know, maybe not training so hard and enjoying other parts of your life. So when I saw that it was postponed, my immediate thought was, I don't think I can do another year, like physically and mentally. Um, so I was I was definitely for a few days before I decided to retire. It was it was tough and going back and forth a lot because, you know, I was just thinking about the 11 years that I did put in. I didn't want to just stop because it was one more year. But at the same time, you know, if I, I didn't feel like I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't think I could maybe like push as hard as I had been and improve at the same time. And which is kind of a hard thing to admit. So with the change from Tokyo 2020 to 2021 came Chase's thoughts of retirement. I was actually with my family at the time, my parents in, um, I kind of brought it up to them. I was like, I, I mean, I may retire. Um, and they, they didn't really have much to say. I think they were, uh, didn't really think that was an option at the time. And then, um, the next person I called was my coach. Um, and he, he was a professional pole vaulter until 2017. So he just went through it three years ago. So I kind of just asked him when he thought, or when he realized that he wanted to be done. And, um, he gave me some perspective on that, but uh, at the same time, he's my coach, so he didn't want to push me too far off the edge. But um, <laughs> I guess uh, those were the the main people I reached out to. And then some other athletes that I know were considering this being their last year, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, so far, I'm the only one that's decided that, I guess, of my friends. But Chase is by far the freshest retiree I've had the pleasure of hosting on the podcast. So how long has it been officially that you would say you've been retired? Um, I guess it was, uh, Wednesday of last week, so six days. (laughs) In recent weeks, life has been different for everyone. Chase, on top of all that, is undergoing this personal transition. The greater pandemic reality he's situated in hasn't erased that fact. Yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, for years, you know, you just, every, every action you do, there's a reason behind it you know it's like uh if i'm gonna stay up late here it's gonna affect my training tomorrow or if i have this beer you know i'm I'm not gonna get everything out of this workout tomorrow or you know all that kind of stuff just you think about every day for years and then all of a sudden you're done you got you know less um commitments and stuff but so yeah it's been uh it's been kind of different like that i guess i uh kind of let myself go in some aspects of like some of the disciplines (laughs) that i had but um but also we're in strange times and I can't really leave the house too. So, uh, yeah, it's just been a, it's been a strange week or so, but, um, I guess I feel more, um, relaxed and, uh, yeah, just feels pretty good. (laughs) And, uh, as for what's ahead, he's still not sure. Unfortunately, it's a terrible time to be getting into the job, but I, uh, you're like a graduating college senior in a way, right? (laughs) Graduating college college senior going into a 32% unemployment rate. But there's a really good chance pole vaulting will remain a part of his life. I was, I was actually coaching at a, a private high school here in Knoxville um, as the jumps coach. 
So I, I'd like to maybe continue in some kind of capacity like that, like coaching high schoolers or, or whatever. But um, I've always loved track, and I think it's cool how, you know, you, everyone stacks up based on our performance, and there's a number associated with your name that's your PR or your time. And um, I just think it's kind of cool that you can, you know, compare yourself or others to others so easily like that. And you can bet Chase will be watching the Tokyo Games next summer. As far as being a fan, I am a huge track fan and, like, track historian. So the Olympics, I'll be super glued to the TV, but or any kind of live stream I can get. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I got nothing but good wishes for all the people that are still competing and um, hope it's a good game that goes off without a hitch. Well, more of a hitch than delaying a year, but... Yeah. For now, he'll be focused on his duties and protection as an essential worker. Eddie's health shop sells groceries. For Chase Brannon, the postponement of the Olympics provided a moment for him to pop out from the enclosure that is the tunneled vision of someone pursuing a dream. And there, with everything at a stop for a bit, he saw that there was a new decision to be made, whether to retire now or in one more year. And it seemed the question resting at the core as he pondered what to do was this. How could he honor it all? How could he honor the chase of now, a guy hungry in this pursuit who also harbored the shifting perspective that comes with growing old? How could he honor the desire of a dad to play catch with his kids? How could he honor this journey of over a decade? Only Chase will ever really be able to answer all this, but hearing his story, these things are clear. He left on his own terms. Having some feeling of control is always nice, especially when you're in a pandemic. He left with a love for the sport very much intact. He left with a shoulder, perhaps a bit better off, having been spared a year from the harshness of training. And he left with a strong sense of why he made the decision he did. A number scratched next to Chase's name in a record book, or even a medal, won't tell you the satisfaction, the peace, the good that resulted from his decision. And maybe that's the point. Thank you to Chase Brannon for coming on to the podcast. And as always, thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.